everyone, and welcome into another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fabulous holiday show in store for you today. And joining us to talk to us about the show, we have the choreographer, artistic director, and performer, David Parker, who's with the Bang Group. And he's here to talk to us about the Bang Group's presentation of Not Cracked. It's being performed December 16th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. at the 92nd Street Y. And you can get your tickets and more information by visiting 92ny.org. You'll also be able to stream this performance from December 17th through the 20th. But as we all know, it's always better in person. So with that, let's go ahead and bring on our guest, David. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be talking about this production. It it looks fantastic. This is the first show that we've had from the 92nd Street Y. And uh, what a show to kick things off with. Not cracked. Could yes. you start by telling us a little bit about what this show is or is about? Sure. I mean, so the title indicates some of the things that it's about. It is a version of the Nutcracker. I think of it as a, I, I call it a comic subversive neo-vaudeville production of the Nutcracker. And it comes out of my experience as what we used to call a downtown dancer choreographer, which means that there's an irreverent sensibility and an experimental mindset, but also a real love of the traditions of these holiday shows that Nutcracker embodies. And in the United States, Nutcracker is such a phenomenon that almost everybody it's the one ballet or the one dance event everybody seems to know about, everybody seems to have seen. And it is now, this season, 21 years old. So it's been very durable, very sustainable. And we're happy to have our 21st season at the Harkness Dance Festival at the 92nd Street Y. And what prompted me to make this or inspired me to make this was I felt that our dance community in New York City with that kind of irreverent, humorous mindset deserved its own production of The Nutcracker. And it reflects those values and the kind of pursuit of inner childhood joy about the holidays that all of us have without actually the trappings of the traditional show. So there's no narrative, there's no Clara really, or or everybody's Clara, perhaps you could also say. And it is full of all kinds of dancing. It is aesthetically very diverse as well as diverse in other ways. And it has a vaudeville spirit to it. I love all that. That <laughs> sounds fantastic. Oh my gosh, this is this is the nutcracker I need to see. It's all <laughs> Yes, sort of uncoupled from some of the things that people find tedious about nutcracker. There's no tinsel in it. There's no sort of reverence in it. It's very available to people of all ages and people it's a secular version it doesn't refer to explicitly anyway to any of the religious traditions of christmas but it's literally about the kind of holiday hysteria that overtakes everybody in the, this winter season yeah i love that love that so you mentioned that this is the 21st season of doing yes. this what has it been like developing this show over that time it's, and this particular iteration of it? Yeah, it's so unusual for, especially for, you know, a moderate sized dance company run like a cottage industry in downtown New York 
to have anything that lasts for 21 years, especially 21 consecutive years. And I have taken that opportunity to continue to develop it. And uh, it, it is a permeable and malleable entity that has each year made different shape shifts to accommodate cast members or new interests that I have as a choreographer. So it is not a, not like a Broadway show. There's no freeze, lock it in. It's, it's constantly evolving, although the essence of it has always remained the same. And for me, I'm now 64 years old and I've been in all but one season of it. That was the season I had a knee replacement. And I have returned to it since then, which has been a triumph. So it's kind of been this amazing thing that has tracked my whole life for the last 21 years and that I still am in it. That is some, I, I don't, that's a very undo. I haven't done that with anything else. There's very few things I've done for 21 years. That is, this is one, of, one of the few that I would like to keep doing for another 21 years, should it be possible. I have complete faith because the minute you said <laughs> I was 64, I was like, you are not. Stop that. Get out of here right now. There's a lot of front light, but yeah, I am. <laughs> now with this show, with this interpretation of the Nutcracker, as you said, is there a, a, a particular message or a thought that you hope audiences take away from the show? That sort of evolved along with the show. It it eventually became clear to me that it was a, a genuine attempt for me as a, as a grown-up to reclaim the innocent, to find my way back to the kind of innocent joy that I felt as a child, that I felt I had lost, that I feel like most of us lose eventually. And how is it and what is the wellspring of that feeling? And so I tried to keep it, the show itself focused on the realities of the the season and what happened. People are greedy. People are full of anticipation. People are also very generous. There is a lot of indulgence. There's a lot of letting go, but there's also a lot of, there's intoxication, there, <laughs> there's greed, there's joy, and the, that kind of amalgam of sometimes conflicting and sometimes harmonious emotions could be reflected in movement. And I tried to make it as simple as possible in its conception. So what the show is, is it's 22 sections that take off on the kind of vaudevillian spirit that even the most classical productions of the Nutcracker have. They have the various dances one after another, almost like a review. The story is sort of confined to the early parts and sometimes comes back at the end. So that was a springboard for me to be free to create to the music, to Tchaikovsky's music, the music we all hear in every shopping mall and every store and every drugstore. But also I found the Duke Ellington score, the jazz score, there's certain arrangements by um, Glenn Miller, by other people like Fred Waring. So I mixed popular versions with the traditional orchestral suite to try to ground it in a, a more vernacular vocabulary as well as we, we do, there's people on point, both men and women, including, believe it or not, myself. And But there are also other kinds of dance. There's tap dancing in it. There is disco dancing. There's contemporary dance. Uh, there's stuff we've just invented all on our own. So it has a freewheeling sensibility that always is what inspired me about being in New York. And the production values are based on a series of what I refer to as presence, gifts, that the dancers use to trans they use their imagination to transform these into some way of sh shape shifting or some way to assume identity so there's a dancer who tap dances barefoot on bubble wrap 
there are toe shoes, there are <clears throat> tap shoes, there are very there's snow hats, there is a teeny Christmas tree that lights up. So it's a way of incorporating presence as a transformative because presence is sort of the common denominator of the celebration of the holiday. From whatever tradition, people are giving gifts, and that's what it comes from. But it has a sort of Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, put on a show in the barn feeling to it that I think reflects the scrappy, can-do spirit of the New York City's dance world. Do it yourself, because no one else is going to do it for you. I love, that sounds wonderful. That is yeah. fantastic. And I love how eclectic the dance is. I mean, yes. the fact you have men on point and then you also yeah. have disco in there. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Everything is on the table. There's, yeah, nothing is forbidden. I and mean, it's very, it's very funny. I love that. Yeah. So that brings me to my final question for this first part, which is who do you hope have access to nothing? Yes. We try to make sure that everybody you know, it's a cliche to say, I want everybody to have it, but it <laughs> access, it is enjoyed by and children and adults alike. I I think of it, as I said, about as, as a piece about adults regaining a kind of innocence and joy in the holidays. So it appeals, I think, to adults on that level. There are teenage children in the show uh, from various schools, including the dance school at the 92nd Street Y and a couple of other ones. And they work with us. We spend some time with them when we travel. We often work with groups of those too. So I feel like I can't narrow it down beyond I would like everyone who has any affinity toward movement would love this and be welcome to be there. But I don't want to even exclude it to that level. So if you don't like movement, you might like it anyway. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a very dance oriented show. second part of our shows we love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more pull the yes. curtain back if you will and yes. i want to start by asking you our perennial first question which is what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past yeah. and with it being a dance show i want to open it up as well to choreographers and sure. dance shows or just some of your favorites yeah I have always had one foot, as, I, as I've been talking about in the New York City's experimental dance world, and the other foot with a tap shoe on. I, I love musical theater. I've been very inspired by musical theater my whole life, and I also sing. I sing a little bit in the show, in fact, the opening number is a song and dance. And I felt that those two areas of the performing arts should be able to come together and that they have so much in common. So I've been inspired by Originally, my inspiration to become a dancer was MGM musicals. I, When I was a teenager, I saw the movie That's Entertainment, which combined, put together great numbers from the golden age of movie musicals. And that was inspired me to learn to dance. So I have all of that, the Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire influence. And as I grew up and went to college, I became very inspired by choreographers who are working across genres like Twyla Tharp and some tap dance choreographers like Brenda Buffalino or the 
the great what they call class acts like tap mostly tap dance acts like the honey coles or the nicholas brothers coles and atkins and later i also was very moved even by more cerebral work such as work by merce cunningham work by classical choreographers like frederick ashton and you can trace all of those influences quite literally in watching the show should you care of what my what inspires me you will see it all shows up and it's sort of an amalgam of it's like the the great the work that assimilates all of my inspiring influences those are some fantastic names there i yeah. love that love that Building kind of on that, have you seen any great shows lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I have. I'm, it's a timely question because I was actually a couple of months ago in London and I saw the new production directed by Nicholas Heitner of Guys and Dolls, which was mind-blowingly good. And, had, you know, it's not because of the dancing, although the dancing was great and there is a good amount of dancing in that show. It was an immersive production, but... In this case, it didn't in any way seem like a gimmick because gimmick because Guys and Dolls takes place in this sort of bustling Times Square milieu. And the, so the audience being around the performers all the time, it was like we were part of the cast. We were the denizens of Times Square. And just the, the ear for uh, the American idiom that Frank Lesser had in the words, in the lyrics to the songs, but also the influence of jazz and various ethnic sources in his music inspired me and the production though it's like the nutcracker it's about some it's about a show from the past but it seemed wholly contemporary without in any way being condescending it was built on love of the original guys and dolls and a heartfelt wish to bring it into the present which is exactly how i felt about making nutcracked as a way of bringing the nutcracker in like if i were the person to be given the chance, which I was, to make a version of the Nutcracker, how would I put it in contemporary terms? And I felt like that show did that. I also really love it's coming here. So I, I hesitated at first to think, should I recommend that? It's in London, but it will be here. And I hope people see it. I also loved recently seeing Merrily We Roll Along here. Two fantastic, fantastic yeah. recommendations. Thank Not you. always the go-to, you know, things for a <laughs> postmodern dancer to recommend but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway well i'd love to ask now what is your favorite part about working in the performing arts you know my really my favorite part is when i had as i referred to when i had the knee replacement i wasn't sure i would come back to dancing i, I was able to which is wonderful and god bless medical science but i realized at that point when i what was I missing? It was partly the dancing itself, and it was partly, I think, my favorite part, which is the community of people that I get together with to create with. And that it's different than having dinner with people. I mean, it's a, it's a special, intimate relationship when you're shoulder to shoulder, building an artwork together, or rehearsing together, or figuring out emergencies, or someone's injured and other people have to quickly cover, even sometimes mid-show. But that kind of intensity and intimacy and vulnerability is what is my favorite thing about it and what I realized I would be would be such a loss if I weren't able to continue to have that. And so Knockwood, for the time being, I am. That is such a spectacular answer. I love it. <laughs> 
And it's a good setup for my favorite question to ask guests. Yes. Which is, what is your favorite theater memory? I know I, that's a that's a tough one because I have a lot of them. But I feel like what come, what really like flooded my mind when I read that question is it's a like a recurring memory. It's a memory that keeps replicating itself, which is being backstage during a performance, say, of Nutcracked and watching the people I work with every day transform themselves from the wings to the stage. There's that moment where people kind of cross that invisible boundary and they an inner light takes over. And another that I just I never tire of watching that. And when I think it's not a memory from this date in that year, it's a memory that I that just keeps building on itself. And that is a the moment of where the magic, the magic cloak is draped over everybody's shoulders as they enter into the light. And that I, I never tire of it. That is a beautiful memory. <laughs> I love that memory. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Do you or your company have any other upcoming productions or projects that we might be able to plug for you? We do have, we're mostly touring. We'll go to Belgium tomorrow and then we come back for the Harkness Dance Festival. And then during the year, we have other places that we're, other destinations with other shows, repertory. And in June, we'll be back. We will do some new work at a place called Arts on Site, which is our home base in New York. And that's in the East Village. And I both curate other artists and present my own work there for the month of June every year, at least every year since the pandemic, we've been doing that. That is wonderful. And again, a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Nutcracked or about you, perhaps they'd like yes. to reach out to you. How can they do that? It's that We have a website that's easy to find because it's www dot thebanggroup.com and that ha includes all of our upcoming work includes a lot of background stuff uh, visuals videos so it's going there will be a place where you can if you want to go down that wormhole you can use that as your home base wonderful well david thank you so so much for taking the my, time to speak with me pleasure. today and sharing the show yeah. This sounds amazing. This is the yeah. Nutcracker that I'm excited about. If I anybody's wait. hesitant about seeing another Nutcracker, I would say this is the one to go to. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. We're all just yeah. going to cram together and head It'll turn down. you around. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time today. Okay. My guest today has been the choreographer, artistic director, and performer, David Parker, who is with the Bang Group and stopped by to talk to us about the Bang Group's presentation of Nutcracked. It's playing December 16th at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. at the 92nd Street Y. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting 92ny.org. And also, the show is streaming online December 17th through the 20th, but you're going to want to see it live. It, nothing beats a truly live performance, so make sure you check that out. And they've got a lot of other great performances coming up. They're on the road for a while, but they'll be back here in June. If you want to see where their upcoming performances and projects are happening, head over to their website, thebanggroup.com. And we'll have all of this information posted on our episode description, as well as on our social media posts. But join us December 16th at 2 p.m. or 7 p.m. at the 92nd Street Y to check out Nutcracked.
So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.